The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So as goodwill encounters strong emotions in ourselves and others, it may become compassion when it sees suffering, sympathetic joy when it sees happiness, and equanimity helps balance any suffering by including warmth and care. Really important to know that equanimity is not indifferent or apathetic in the face of emotions or in the face of suffering. When we meet all experience with mindfulness, uh, we can develop a perspective or an overview that knows the strong emotions without being caught up in the, in the stories around them and in the things that get us caught. We can cultivate this jewel of equanimity, which is an even-minded caring for anyone who is struggling, an even-minded happiness for anyone who's experiencing good fortune. It, it doesn't look down on emotions or struggles as if unaffected. Same way as I mentioned with compassion practice, the proper practice of the Brahma Viharas includes this knowledge that if we had exactly the same set of conditions as the person to whom we're sending our wishes, we too would be having the same experience as they. Um, so we radiate or offer wishes of goodwill, compassion, sympathetic joy, or equanimity uh, from that standpoint of knowing that this too could be something we could be going through. When equanimity is available, we can see events with understanding, and we can investigate the kinds of emotional events that lead to reactivity. We can see it. Of course, this takes time and plenty of practice, seeing mindfully, seeing clearly again and again, to begin to understand the way that clinging, resistance, and delusion distort the mind in the presence of anger, fear, sorrow, and the whole gamut of human emotions. So to see the way we get caught in emotions, it takes time to see unwholesome behavior and wholesome behavior as a separate matter from the person or yourself. Equanimity balances goodwill that wishes for everyone uh, to come to the end of suffering. It balances that with the realization that we don't have control over how others behave, over the timetable for coming to the end of suffering. Uh, equanimity balances that. And hand in hand with compassion, it can help us decide when to take action. So we can cultivate an ability to be open and present with anything that's happening and discern when something is harmful and it's time to step in 
and take action to stop it. Sometimes when people hear the word equanimity, they believe they have to be devoid of emotion. But those of us living the householder, so-called householder life can feel emotion and without dropping down into being mired with them or stuck in them. The heart and the mind can be moved, can care a great deal, and still retain this level of objectivity and balance that's offered with equanimity. With mindfulness and with uh, plenty of practice of the Brahma Viharas or with a lot of mindfulness practice, the head and the heart come together and the wishes that we send or incline towards well-being, towards safety, happiness, freedom, freedom from suffering, and the continued happiness of others, these, these things become heartfelt instead of just words. And we're better able to access equanimity as well as the heartfelt quality of all of this. So as we see the benefit of these wholesome inclinations of mind, the heart gradually opens. It takes time for the heart to know it. In the process, it grows the capacity to be with suffering in a caring way instead of avoiding it or pitying it or keeping it at arm's length. And this balance of mind, this equanimity, makes a really important contribution. We learn not to suffer about suffering when there's equanimity. The presence of it does not mean, by the way, that we agree with or are passive about harm that's happening in the world. It means we see that harm is happening. We know that causes and conditions have led to suffering. And we have enough confidence in the practice of mindfulness to face things as they have come to be. The Pali word upeka is the word that's translated as equanimity. And as one of the Brahma Viharas, it actually acts as a check or a balance on the other three. Um, you know, it's functioning well when it stays connected to metta or goodwill, to karuna or compassion, and to mudita, sympathetic joy. Instead of being indifferent, um, indifference is called the near enemy of equanimity because it could seem like it, but it's not the same at all. Um, it prevents actually goodwill or metta from, fear, from veering into its near enemy, which is attachment. And it prevents compassion from lapsing into its near enemy, which is pity. Equanimity prevents additional suffering from arising when we see suffering, when we feel it and see what's going on, it balances happiness that wells up in the presence of other people's happiness. And it prevents the near enemy of joy, which is becoming overly excited, which is kind of getting hooked into other people's happiness or your own happiness to a degree that's not no longer balanced. Equanimity remains caring through the development of the other 
Brahma-viharas instead of hardening into indifference. The mind and the heart know enough about how causes and conditions result in painful experience. And equanimity can maintain a neutrality, uh, an emotional balance with a gentle heart and a wise mind that develop as we practice mindfulness and as we practice the Brahma-viharas. No matter how much we cultivate limitless loving-kindness and goodwill, there will be people, there will be those whose actions are harmful and those who cannot change, will not change. As I mentioned in the meditation, when we offer these wishes, these are not agendas for other people to change. They're not magical thinking that because I wish it, someone else is going to change. We can see clearly what the options are, what the um, prospects are, or the potential, and we can even work towards change, but we are still balanced and even-minded with equanimity. It This is a quality that clearly sees kama, and kama or karma in this case means only that actions lead to consequences, that causes and conditions unfold in certain ways. So no matter how desperately we might wish for things not to be the way they are, the mature heart and mind that have matured by witnessing the way things come to be again and again, witnessing consequences, actions and consequences, the mature heart and mind come to some ability to see the reality, the truth of things in a balanced way. By seeing with awareness the arising and passing of myriad human experiences, we come to know that our conditioned life is marked by the three characteristics of conditioned existence. Inconstancy, um, which is sometimes called impermanence. Um, the unsatisfactoriness of things, that we cannot rely on them, partly because they change and they're impermanent. And then that of what's sometimes called no-self, which means that neither we nor anyone else nor anything has a fixed character that's always going to be the same. There are different facets of knowing that things change, whether in the short term or the long term. So equanimity allows us to be effective with what we cannot change. For example, if someone close to you is dying of a terminal illness, being upset, protesting, none of that is going to help them or you. But you can let equanimity, this balance of mind, help you relinquish or give up your desire that it not be true. Give up the fighting against it. Give up the wish, this can't be happening. And instead, focus on where you can be of support. So this is the ultimate in responsiveness instead of reactivity. I'd like to end with a reading um, by Khalil Gibran. 
That's kind of interesting with respect to this week. Then said a rich man, Speak to us of giving. And he answered, You give but little when you give of your possessions. It is when you give of yourself that you truly give. For what are your possessions but things you keep and guard for fear you may need them tomorrow? And tomorrow, what shall tomorrow bring to the overprudent dog burying bones in the trackless sand as he follows the pilgrims to the holy city? And what is fear of need but need itself? Is not dread of thirst when your well is full, thirst that is unquenchable? There are those who give little of the much which they have, and they give it for recognition, and their hidden desire makes their gifts unwholesome. And there are those who have little and give it all. These are the believers in life and the bounty of life, and their coffer is never empty. There are those who give with joy, and that joy is their reward. And there are those who give with pain, and that pain is their baptism. And there are those who give and know not pain in giving, nor do they seek joy, nor give with mindfulness of virtue. They give as in yonder valley the myrtle breathes its fragrance into space. Through the hands of such as these God speaks, and from behind their eyes he smiles upon the earth. It is well to give when asked, but it is better to give when unasked, though understanding, excuse me, through understanding. And to the open-handed, the search for one who shall receive is joy greater than giving. And is there aught you would withhold? All you have shall some day be given. Therefore give now that the season of giving may be yours and not your inheritors. You often say, I would give, but only to the deserving. The orchards, in, the trees in your orchards say not so, nor the flocks in your pasture. They give that they may live, for to withhold is to perish. Surely he who is worthy to receive his days and nights is worthy of all else from you. And he who has deserved to drink from the ocean of life, deserves to fill his cup from your little stream. And what desert greater shall there be than that which lies in the courage and confidence, nay, the charity of receiving? And who are you that men should rend their bosom and unveil their pride, that you may see their worth naked and their pride unabashed? See first that you yourself deserve to be a giver, the instrument of giving. For in truth it is life that gives unto life, while you who deem yourself a giver are but a witness. And you receivers, and you are all receivers, assume no weight of gratitude lest you lay a yoke upon yourself and upon whom who gives. Rather, rise together with the giver on his gifts as on wings. For to be overmindful of your debt is to doubt his generosity, who has the free-hearted earth for mother and God for father. So I love this encouragement to give, which is at the 
basis of our sending wishes to others for goodwill and to ourselves for goodwill, compassion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity. Wishing you all uh, the benefits of the Brahma Viharas. Hope to see any of you who would like to come to happy hour on weeknights from 6 to 7 to continue to cultivate these. And thank you so much for your practice this week. Wishing you all continued beautiful practice. Bye.